Saving Uncensored is brought to you by Colonel Duff. Duff, helping a random handicapped guy in the middle of nowhere. Only on Gaming Uncensored. Controlling transmission. Divided by a thousand miles of barren wasteland, two men mysteriously linked by alien technology on a podcasting mission to boldly deliver video game news and views directly to your brain. This is Gaming Uncensored. Now, your gaming uncensored guides, the dynamic duo, the video game gurus, yeah, okay. a man on wheels, and a yeti with a modem, Jamie and Tommy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How you doing? My name is Jamie Jordan, and this is a brand new episode of Gaming Uncensored, and of course... My man over there, the Admiral of Port Condor, is <laughs> hanging out. What's up, dude? It's Tommy. <laughs> Not much, man. Uh, <clears throat> you got me already coughing. Uh, it's going to happen a lot. Just forewarning, uh, we are we are at that point of the year where we're going to have a coughing show. So, uh, yeah, Fort Condor is amazing. I love it. I want a whole Fort Condor game. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you actually said to me, "Look, I'll see if I can finish intermission if I don't spend all my time playing Fort <laughs> which yeah. has been the absolute truth. Uh, but but I will give you credit because you actually spent less time playing Fort Condor than you did uh, smashing boxes. Randomly. The stupid boxes, man. The stupid yeah. boxes. Fort Condor, I enjoy." The stupid boxes, I I don't as much, but I just have this desire to do it because I can, and I can't get that stupid five thousand on the last one, and I gave up on it. I but it took me a long time to give up on but, it. But here's here's what I'm like: you did like three hours worth of video. It was ridiculous, <laughs> and I left like twice, and I was like. I'm going to go back and try it one more time. There was like one time like I left and then I leveled up like just like the next fight. I was like, maybe that'll do it. It did it. But uh, those stupid boxes, man, I hate those boxes. Yeah. Well, what I thought was really hilarious because I watched like, I don't know, an hour and a half. And then I was like, Okay, I'm scrolling. <laughs> like, this is dumb. Why am I watching this? I'm yeah, that, scrolling. No, uh, nobody needs to watch it. It, it, so, was, it was absurd. It, so, but here's, here's something that I thought about in the midst of all of that. I don't know if if my brain was really working. I was being really philosophical. But, but I thought to myself, when we were growing up, this right here, this stupid little box game, was all the games were. Yes, like right? when when the <laughs> Nintendo came out, like that was the point of Super Mario Brothers was <laughs> get as many boxes as you can get and get the highest score. Like that's what video games were when we were growing up. Yeah, and, and we loved it. Yeah, like no, it's, uh, the, that's the, fair. 
Does that mean that we're just uh, dumb? That that we yes. fell for it? Like we gave <laughs> the money to let us destroy boxes in a video yes. game. This is like this is hundred percent what that means. And I did it like again, like, like not only was it a thing in uh you know nineteen ninety, but I just spent, you know, three hours in twenty twenty four smashing stupid boxes. Like there's something about that gameplay mechanism that's still stupidly addicting for whatever reason. So you know. Well, I I just okay. So the the thing about the box smashing <laughs> Was that I'm like, after the third video, I started thinking to myself, okay, if he were to get this, what does he get as a reward? Right. Like, what's the reward? Is it just the satisfaction of knowing that you got to 50,000 points with these stupid boxes? Like, like, and And it's, and a, and a, piece of materia that's yeah. not something i was even going to use like that was the you know like and i'm curious if there's something else that you go look and see if it's because there's like a room right across from that room and i'm like i wonder if that opens up if you finish this if there's like something in there or something and i just i got so frustrated with the stupid thing i moved on but there might be something else that that's part of it so let's let's talk about the game for a second because the the game We've been playing Final Fantasy since, especially seven, right? Since we were, I don't know, 10, 12, something like that. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm watching this thing and don't, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but intermission is absurd. Like I, while I'm watching you play this game, like I'm watching Yuffie run around and she's like, she runs around like a twelve year old. Yes, she does. She, she goes 100%. across. She go, goes across, across uh, grates with her hands out like she's flying, and like <laughs> you sit on a bench and she sits on the bench exactly like. Uh, your daughter, who is six, would do. <laughs> yeah, she found a bench. By the way, she had a birthday last week. She did. And, she is officially uh, six. We we should mention that she she is uh, my my favorite little person, and I can say that because I don't have little people in my life anymore. <laughs> like she she's it. So right. uh, yeah, she's officially six, and that scares the crap out of me because. I was with you when she was about two weeks old. Like, yeah, I spent a week in your house when she was about two weeks old. So uh, that that uh, that's a little scary. It is very uh, scary. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, amazing, but ridiculous. She looks fabulous. Uh, yes, she looks like she, looks like she owns the place essentially. Yes. But, but but like Yuffie is her. Like <laughs> it is exactly yeah how a six year old navigates the world. And, and so yeah, I'm like I'm watching this going. I look, I love this franchise. I love I love all the, but it's absurd. It's so goofy, and it's it's part of the charm, and it's part of like me as a forty year old now playing this game that I loved as a 14-year-old, right? Like, making sense of that, you know? <laughs> like, trying to p- plug in that I'm playing this stupid, goofy game where I'm running around as a an adult woman 
who is acting like she's six, you know, like it's just that there's so many layers to it. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, it but is. I'm really weird. enjoying it. Like it's really fun, and I want I want to finish it because Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out in three days, uh, and so we're almost a, a little uh, candid uh, thing here. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it right now to try to get through it so we can be ready uh, on Thursday, whenever uh, uh, Rebirth comes out. That, um, that, but that. yeah, it it is something that you have to kind of make sense of in your head that like this is okay. I, I'm an adult man. With like two jobs and two kids and a wife, and I could be playing this game, and it's okay. Like it is escapism in its its best form. I and and that's what it is. And and uh, I okay. So so I had a uh, I had a realization this week. I I had a a tough week because uh, my buddy Chris, who is out running errands right now, uh, got sick last week. And so if you can imagine what happens when uh, the weekday guy gets sick for, <laughs> for a cripple that, that needs that dude to stay where he is, uh, my week last week got real interesting. And uh, I had multiple, pe- multiple people helping me out. Thanks, everybody. It helped me uh, stay in the house last week because it was a little questionable there for a couple of days. Um, but in the process of that, I thought to myself, essentially the same thing that you thought was, I'm almost 45. I'm going to be 45 in April. And all I want to do is find a way to make a living playing video games. (laughs) Like it's absurd. The amount of video games you and I have gotten to play over the last month and a half. And I'm thinking to myself, I've played enough video games that it's like, okay, I really feel like I need to go find some work somewhere because, like, this is what I'm doing right now and I don't (laughs) feel right about it. But even though I have a podcast, I I feel like I should be getting dressed and going to a job. Like, I... I just the whole thing sort of feels absurd, right? Yes. But yes. that, but that's really what I want to yes. do at almost forty-five, and and I don't know what that says about us. Yeah, like I, I, you have two jobs, like you said, right? So for you, it's like spare time and. My 2024, I have jobs, but they, they've just slowed down a lot. And so yeah. I'm spending my time working on this show, and I have this little voice in my brain going, this, this is weird. Like, I should be, like, out earning a living somewhere <laughs> instead of watching you play Intermission and Spider-Man and, and playing Cyberpunk 2077. And wondering well, when the crap am I gonna get back to Boulder's Gate Three? <laughs> right. uh, like, like that—that's what my last month has been. I love it, but I feel like I should be punished. Yes, like you're cheating in some way. Yes, <laughs> and I—I I just wonder, like, if you had that thought, because like we've been playing a lot of games of lately, course. and you said. 
a glass show that, you know, it's not going to hold up. This is one of the spells that we both go through where we have a month or a month and a half where this is what we do. And we're like, this is good. We should do this all the time. And then right. life happens and then we don't do it for a month. Um, I, 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 it's a really weird place to be in your mid forties and, and this being what you love to do. Yes, it is. And we're not alone, which is the really nice thing is that there's a whole generation of us, uh, out there that have grown up with video games and are still, uh, as, uh, enamored by Final Fantasy VII as we are. And, uh, yeah. That's a- a good thing. I love it. Uh, it makes me very, very happy that we're not alone in this, obviously, insofar as that there's, you know, uh, this game that's coming out on Thursday that apparently is very good and not any surprise to us. It was one of my most anticipated games. I, I know it's one of your most anticipated yes. games. Uh, it's something we've been desperately looking forward to because Final Fantasy VII Remake was so amazing. But it is, like, in its name, <laughs> nostalgia. Like, it is made for us. We were in high school when Final Fantasy VII came out. This was a formative game for us. This was an RPG that took us into RPGs in the 3D era of video games. Like, it is a game that you and I talk about in retrospect all the time. And now they're making a new one, or not a new one, but a kind of remake. We get into all those details or whatever. That is for us. That is for 40-year-old dudes. That is not for high schoolers, right? Like, it's not right. for a guy that's 14 right now. It is for a guy that's 40. And I have read a couple of reviews just briefly uh, about the game uh, because I'm endlessly fascinated to see what other people who are our age, because they're all been written by people who are our age, think about this game. And so far to a person that has played this game, they love it. Uh, And that's really encouraging to me. But it is a game from our childhood that is so weird that it is such a big deal in 2024, like to me, because we are the audience, not younger generation, us. I don't know if anybody that's younger than 35 is going to play this game. Maybe. I hope so. But it's not for them. It is for us. And, and the other thing that I wanted to, to talk about, like watching you go through this has been interesting, but but. I gotta be honest with you, like if if we get to the point where we get to where this is our job and and like we've always talked about that, but if we get to the point where this is our job, one thing that I've decided that we have to have, like the way we're doing it now works. Like it's good for this show, but like what you and I enjoy so much out of this pastime is sitting in a room together. Like I love, I love watching you play Spider-Man. I love watching you play intermission. I love playing cyberpunk myself, but like it's, it's no comparison to, okay, I'm here. You're here. We have controllers in our hands. We have drinks in our hands. Like it's, it's not, that if we're going to get to do this for a living before we die, that is a crucial aspect to it. And I think that's what makes 40-year-old dudes different than 15-year-old kids playing whatever video game on Discord as they all do because they all get on (laughs) voice and hang out. Like, I'm talking about... Uh, I'm talking about 15-year-old kids, but let's be real honest. We could put Chad in that group of people, and he was like, yep, that's me. 
Um, I, we're not that guy. Yeah. Um, and and so as much fun as I've had over the last month, I feel like that crucial aspect of it is is missing. And I think that's a you and me thing. I don't think that's a normal people thing. Yeah, I, I definitely think to an extent that's true. Uh, and I think that's generational to to a certain level uh, because uh, definitely like Gen Zers don't engage with games that way. Uh, right. And, and, and that's that's great. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. They have their own way that they've, they've uh, grown up. We just have the ability to engage with games the way that they do when we were their age. And so we engage with them differently and, and still have that expectation. And you're absolutely right. It's way more fun when we get to like make jokes and, and drink and, and do that stuff while we're playing a game, which I didn't do when I was in high school. Uh, but the other side of that, making jokes and staying up until three in the morning playing Final Fantasy, like that was uh, my first time playing through Final Fantasy Seven, I've told you before, yeah. uh, was was super formative uh, for me and and a couple of my friends. In part because it was two of my best friends growing up that I was friends with separately. That one of them owned Final Fantasy Seven, so I told the other one, "Hey, we need to go hang out at this dude's house because he owns Final Fantasy Seven. And the three of us all started hanging out together and became like this new friend group because of this game. And right. like that was, you know, my friend group when I was in, in high school. Like it was, we played games together, and it started with Final Fantasy Seven. That nostalgia is part of this experience, and it's part of what makes video games brilliant you know like it's just it's what makes them amazing and, and what i love still even though i'm like trying to find uh minutes and hours that i can squeeze it in in between feeding a newborn baby and and chasing a six-year-old around at this point and working my two jobs like and all those things coexist in a way that is barely hanging on by a thread but hanging on <laughs> at this point uh and it's amazing and it's a great place to be and it's still final fantasy 7 you know 30 years later it's and for those of you that are asking the question, like, what do you, because I know we have listeners out there that, that are like, what do you mean? And let me just give you an example, okay? I'm playing Cyberpunk right now, and I haven't had a problem with any of the quests except for the one that is at the gun range. In her building, I don't know if you played that yet. I think they added it as part of, as part of Final Fantasy, as part of uh, <laughs> Phantom Liberty. Um, that's the only quest that I haven't tried because the the point is, is like you got to hit a target or a series of targets a hundred times in like a minute and a half. I'm I'm not good enough to do that and so that's where i would hand you the controller and say like can you because because that's the way we did it we passed the controller around yep 100 and, and like i'm i'm playing cyberpunk going okay there is a possibility that he might be here at spring break and so i'm just gonna let that quest <laughs> sit there because i don't think it's gonna happen but he might show up and 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 when he does, I'll have him help me with this, and and like we'll we'll put it on the uh, we'll put it on the big screen, and we'll do you know the whole the whole thing. And yeah, that that's good just, old time. That that's our preference, and I I can't really imagine like we've played Diablo, 
We've done stuff over the internet, and it's fun, but it's not that. Right. You yeah. know, it's just not. And I, I can't tell you really what it is that I particularly, it's not like one thing that I particularly enjoy. That's just how you play games. That's what my brain says. It's, yeah. This is how you play, you invite your body over, and this is how you play games. So yeah, I, I completely agree and, and miss that terribly because it's just not a thing that happens anymore for us, really. Um, except for like that twice a year where we get to do it, and, and that yeah. twice a year is amazing and so much fun, and, and again harkens back to to our childhood. So. Uh, all that said, we'll talk more about Final Fantasy probably here in just a second. Uh, but first, thanks to the Patreon supporters, Cabbage, Jose, Narc, Duff, Josh, Hector, Spider, Spencer, Kavash, Chad, Zeke, Chris, Brigham, Sam, Andrew, Luik, Logan, Liz, and Jordan. Uh, thank you all, uh, as always, for your support. Uh, we are super thrilled to be here. Uh, five out of six weeks. Yeah! <laughs> we skipped one in there. My voice was so shot last week. There was no chance. Uh, but we're, we're back. Uh, took one week off and we're back. And hopefully we'll be back uh, for a, a little while again, which is uh, good. We've been more consistent. Uh, and part of that is thanks to you Patreon supporters. And so if you'd like to support us on Patreon, help us buy Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, in a couple of days, because we are. We're going to spend your money to do that. Yes. Uh, go by GamingGuysCensor.com. Click that. Become a, a patron link uh, there. Also, I uh, have to shout out our, our buddy Nark, who sent us some artwork, uh, which is uh, cool. And you will see that on your podcast feed uh, this time. A little updated uh, graphic for for the podcast. So uh, thanks uh, for all of our support in any number of ways. Uh, uh, we appreciate it a ton. Uh, and, and, and continue it. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. Obviously, that's a great way to support us. We will happily take your money. Uh, but just talk to us, too. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Send us segments. Send us random artwork. Uh, talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter. Whatever. Like, all those things are great. Uh, we just want to interact with y'all. And, and we've got we've got a really good uh, community kind of thing going on right now. Always lots of debate going on on Facebook. Somebody talking about something game gaming related. Uh, like like I said, Narc has been around forever. I know uh, Will's listening again. There's a whole bunch of old guys out there that have been around a long time. Yes. And uh, we appreciate all of you. Yes, absolutely. Um, that said, any, any other thoughts on, on Final Fantasy VII before we get into uh, new stuff for today? Not really. I'm, I'm excited to see... How do I put this? I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how Sony it is. Because we, yes. we saw the trailer, and one thing that caught my eye, and we talked about this when the first one came out, you get to the end of the trailer, and it says the name, and, and underneath the name, it says, on two discs. Yes. And I'm like, what does that even do? What, what does that even mean at this point? Like, that's a very Sony thing, and I love it. I do too. It's, it's so nostalgic. It's that harkening back uh, to uh, to yesteryear of how we played games, uh, which they just lead into wonderfully. Uh, all that is, it's not going to be on two discs for us. It's going to be on no disc for us because I haven't bought a game on a disc for a long time. Uh, yeah. And you're going to install everything off those two discs anyway. So might as well just 
download it. Uh, but it still is 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 amazing. Apparently, the game is huge. Uh, one of the reviews I was looking at was I'm well over a hundred hours in and still finding stuff. And you know, like it's it is now the side of Final Fantasy VII, and so it is what you're going to hear a lot of for a while. Because once we start with Final Fantasy VII, I'm I'm so sad that Spider Man is just going to be sitting there. But I think Spider Man is just going to be sitting there for quite a while. And like you said, when are we ever getting back to Baldur's Gate? But uh, the, yeah, uh, it's it's nuts. But it's a I, good uh, problem to have, as we've said many, many times. And 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 real quick, before we get into really, really new stuff, I want to have a real quick cyberpunk discussion because I'm still playing that, still having a still having a great time. Uh, I I ran into something last night that's very, very interesting, and it made me think, and and I want to get your thoughts on this. Because I I have the bike now. I've done the I've done the hero's quest. I've done the Afrenda. I've done you know the, the all of that where you go and meet Mama Wells and and you end up with Jackie's guns and Jackie's bike. And uh, so I'm going all over the city, and I have a tendency to fast travel. Uh, in in a lot of cases. But since I got the bike, I'm seeing these YouTube videos that are like, uh, you need to like drive because you will come across quests just like going around town. So I've been taking the bike for longer stretches and on the highway and that kind of thing. And they are correct. But one that I ran into, <laughs> I was coming home from a mission and um, I'm gonna turn the corner, but before I get to the corner, I see that Arasaka security is just randomly standing in a neighborhood, blockaded like a four-way stop, and they're waiting on me to get there. And like, <laughs> like I blew right past them at. The very first time that I saw it, and I was like, "Hey, those people were shooting at each other." Well, <laughs> they weren't shooting at each other; they were shooting at me, and they were just on a random walk, and and they just sort of like show up. Ever since I sold the chip, yeah. they're trying to kill me to take the chip out of my head, right? And so that took like 20 minutes because it's an army and they had turrets set up. Like when I say it was a roadblock, it was a legit like <laughs> police roadblock. And I had to like stop and take all these guys out and then move on. And I got to thinking, is this world on the level of Skyrim? And the reason that I bring that up is that I think, even as is, after 2.11, I think it's the patch that they're currently on, I could drive around Night City and never, ever, ever find all of the stuff. Yeah. And where you think there should be stuff, 
There's not. I told you. <laughs> I told you that I drove down the coast and and like two lane road and like there's ocean on one side and there's buildings on the other. And I told you about this specific quest where the cops in Night City are supposed to evade this company because they haven't paid their rent. Like, they're trying to evade these people out of this building complex. And and so they're hiring mercs to evade this, to, 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 to take this company out of this complex. And I did that quest, and it was awesome. It was like a compound. There were buildings everywhere, probably 10, 15 buildings, but only like three of them that you could walk in, right? Yeah. And so you, you go down the street, and like every third or fourth door you can access. Like the other ones just you can't do anything with. And so there's no real way to know where everything is in Cyberpunk. And yeah. I got thinking, is this similar to Skyrim? I think I'm I think I'm reaching, but I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think there's legitimacy to that. I mean, they're obviously different games in the way Bethesda approaches games uh, is it's its own thing. Um, but there is enough life in that world in cyberpunk that it feels uh, dynamic all the time. They could have done more. They have improved it. It started out <clears throat> that uh, inch deep and mile wide that we talked about so much with Harry Potter. Uh, cyberpunk was a lot like that, especially early it's on. It's not it's now. Kinda, They've continued to flesh it out more and more and get it deeper and deeper. And it was never as as shallow as Harry Potter was, which Harry Potter was a great game. We enjoyed it, but like it just didn't have much depth to it. Cyberpunk always had more depth than that, but still suffered from that when you compared it to something like Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto 5 and Cyberpunk, I think, have have had kind of, you know, a lot of comparisons to them insofar as that Grand Theft Auto 5 predates it by like five years. And it's just in in so many ways a better game like just technically uh executed better even though it originally came out on the playstation 3 or that's just nuts wow. <laughs> that it came out on the playstation 3 originally anyway uh like it's a testament to how good of a game that is more than it is a knock on cyberpunk in that way but there were a lot of things that that grand theft auto 5 had going for it and and to be fair like rockstar has been doing that for years like they know how to do that um and it takes them now a decade to put out a game <laughs> like that um that said uh cyberpunk does a really really good job of making you feel like the world is is something that exists in this universe like skyrim did like you got lost in skyrim because of the world you get lost in cyberpunk because of the world and you want to find like that random npc that's somewhere that like you just have to stumble upon that isn't something that any like quest marker is pointing you toward or anything like you just have to like randomly bump into somebody and go oh there's this whole story, this whole narrative arc that exists that I would never have found if I hadn't just randomly bumped into this person. I want that in games. This is going to be a weird thing to say, but it's very, very true in 2024 to me. I want to miss tons of stuff in a game. 
because I want there to be so much stuff that exists in a game that is so like happenstance that you will ever find it because those are the things that make the world feel alive. If I can see every element of a game in my playthrough, you don't have enough stuff to make that world feel alive. And I say that, you know, uh, not super literally for every single game, but for an open world game, that's absolutely the case. I don't want to be able to see everything in cyberpunk. I want there to be things that I will never stumble across because that means there's so much stuff that I have to miss some of it. One thing that they did that, that I don't know that I've ever really seen maybe Grand Theft Auto five is the comp. Uh, but, but, I was running around town yesterday and you know the very first quest that was in all the demos where you go in the apartment with Jackie and there's yeah, yeah. a lady on ice and and you have to give her to uh to, to what what do they call it? Med med something or whatever. Right. Um and, and so anyway I'm I'm buzzing around last night and the lady calls and says, Do you remember me? You you your friend got and you got me out of my ice bath and and she wants uh, V to go to go steal something for her. Turns out she's a corpo and that's you there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. But where she sent me to take this thing that she wanted me to take was in a building that I had previously stumbled upon like 40 hours earlier and cleaned out like the 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 i had not gotten everything but a lot of the containers for that were in the building were empty because i had already been through there and there's a ripper dock in the basement and i found the ripper dock and and you go back to this place, and there's more people in there, and it's slightly it's set up slightly different. Uh, like it's the same building, same floor plan, but there's people in different places, and they're doing different things. And I uh, another example was the. Uh, did you ever get part? Far enough where you had to go find Evelyn Parker in the power plant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I just did that. And in the power plant, there are a couple of doors that you can't access because they're really high-level. And so, so I go do the quest. And while I'm doing the quest, I figure out that I'm like two points away from being able to access this door with my tech ability. And I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this quest and then I'm going to like come back and just see what happens. And so I finished the quest and I go to Judy's apartment and do the whole thing. And, and, and then I go to try and find that building again. And the map's so big that I can't find that <laughs> building Cause they're not labeled. They're like I had to do like a half hour of googling to figure out exactly where this built. Like I had to use Google as a GPS because I didn't have a clue. 
And so I get back to the building, and it's empty because I cleaned out all of the NPCs, but the doors are still there, everything's accessible, and I was able to open that door. And, you know, I walked away with some more XP and a few thousand dollars and, you know, some some other stuff. And I was like, this is what makes this world work. That you do a quest and it doesn't close off an area. If yeah. you can find it, you can go back yeah. when you're higher level and open stuff. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant world. I've talked about it a ton, but uh, if you haven't played Cyberpunk yet, now it's the best time to play it because it's the yes. best it's ever been. <laughs> so, uh, and and it's still the game that pushes your system harder than anything else, uh, yep. which is great. I have, by the way, I just mentioned this really quickly because I've not spent a ton of time with it, but I have installed it on the new rig and, and spent some time in it. It's just it's so pretty. It's just it's so good game. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. Uh, that said, we do have some show notes. Uh, we'll get to go by gaming uncensored.com uh, because we probably won't get. To to them all but we uh we talked about on the last show we did two weeks ago this potential shift in microsoft's uh business strategy which since then they have talked about more and and ends up being at this point at least nominally less of a shift than like everybody was talking about and as we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago so we'll talk about kind of what that shift looks like just really quickly here and then get into some of the other side of kind of what things look like currently for Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony, because we got updates from all, all of them this week that are all really interesting. So Microsoft officially announced that they're bringing four of their first-party games multi-platform, uh, specifically to Switch and uh, PS5. Those games are not Starfield or Indiana Jones, which are the ones that we uh, heard about, we're talking about on the last show. Those uh, games are, in fact, Grounded. Cool, okay. okay. Uh, Pentiment which I had never even heard of, uh, but it's nope. apparently good. It has a decent review. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, which a lot of people yep. really, really love. And then Sea of Thieves, the pirate game that a lot of people don't really love, <laughs> but it has apparently uh, somewhat of a dedicated uh, uh, user base uh, that's playing the pirate game still. So, that to say, as good as apparently Hi-Fi Rush is, and, and as good of uh, reviews as Pentiment has, and Grounded, I've played a little bit, actually, because it was on Game Pass, and it's kind of an interesting, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids idea, which is nostalgic for us, uh, and see if these be what it is. Like, those aren't Microsoft's big games. Like, not nothing. And again, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, critically acclaimed, but never probably had the, the actual commercial success that they would have liked, so putting it multi-platform kind of makes sense for them to try to recapture some of that. Uh, it's not uh, not the big first party Bethesda titles or uh, or otherwise uh, at this point. Again, who knows what we see with Activision Blizzard titles and that kind of stuff moving forward now that they're under uh, Microsoft control. Um, so uh, a less big update <laughs> than we were anticipating. And they very specifically said they're working on a new console that will be, quote, the biggest technolo uh, technological uh, upgrade in history, which is the speak we get which is it untrue hold on because <laughs> like here's my problem it's 2024 right I don't think you can use the same marketing bullet points that you used <laughs> in 1990 okay yes. like, like when we were growing up 
do you remember? And I talked about this on a previous show, like show 20 or something. <laughs> but, but do you remember when we were going up the, the big deal with the Sega, the Sega commercials? Because it had blast processing. Remember that? Uh, like, oh, yeah. Well, I don't even know what that means, blast product. Like, <laughs> like that, that's not even a real technical term. I I look at it now and I'm like, I was so stupid. Right. Like, oh, it's got blast processing. I've got to have that. Like, I, yeah. Can, can, can we not talk about how powerful your next console is? Yeah. Because I feel like the only people, and hopefully you'll push back on this a little bit, I I feel like at this point, the only people who are allowed to talk about how powerful something is, is NVIDIA. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to hear <laughs> how powerful your custom chip that AMD is making that they've never made before, and it's going to be the most awesome thing ever. Okay, yeah, but NVIDIA's probably still got better tech than you, so... Right, I, I mean, NVIDIA tech is probably going to be in your thing. Like, right, you're going to rely right. on them for what you're doing. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to push back on you uh, much at all, because you're right, uh, and it is just corporate speak. Uh, Microsoft currently has the most powerful console on the market. It's not the best-selling one. Right. Of, like... <laughs> Switch, PS5, Series S, Series X. Series X is the one that has sold the fewest units. Like, the Series right. S has helped sold the Series X from what we've been told. Again, they don't give us those numbers directly. Uh, but from what we've been told, like, just because you have the most powerful console doesn't mean that you're selling uh, a lot. But it does leave the door open for my hypothesis that we talked about two weeks ago, that they go to making, you know, more PCs, gaming PCs that run on Xbox OS or whatever it is, you know, but it's going to be Windows uh, based because it's Microsoft, whatever. Uh, like they could still do that. And, and my prediction could still be right in all of that, which is what I care about most is my stupid prediction still having a chance that it still has a chance. Um, and I, I do think uh, the inevitability of more Microsoft, Microsoft stuff going third party is, is coming. Like, are we going to see Halo on a PlayStation? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But like, Halo's but, not even that well, big of a deal anymore. I was going to say, we're not, we haven't even seen Halo on an Xbox. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, like, Halo is not the thing. And, that, and that's what I... And the thing is, what Microsoft has that makes sense on a PlayStation is Starfield, is Indiana Jones, is Diablo, which it is, obviously. But going forward is, you know, whatever other Blizzard or Activision, Call of Duty, all of those things. Those are the games that Microsoft has control over that I fully expect will eventually be, if not day one, be on multiple consoles. Because they're all former third-party developers that we have that expectation of. Like, but, it's, but let, yeah. me, let me throw this at you. <laughs> let, me, let me throw this at you. I, I agree with what you're saying. But if Microsoft does that, doesn't that, and I'm leading into a story that we have in the show notes that we were not going to get to, but it fits. <laughs> so, so now uh, we're going to talk about it. If they do that, does that not undercut Game Pass, which, if it's not already, is going to start having problems because you can only have so many subscribers. 
Yes, like, uh, that's to to get to that piece of uh, news. Uh, Game Pass subscriptions are tapering; they're not uh, dropping yet, but the rate of growth is slowing down uh, because there's only so many people that are going to adopt your system. Like that's every streaming uh, uh, service provider. At some point, you slow down because you saturate the market. Like there are only so many potential customers out there. You are going to eventually start running out of new people to recruit. And Microsoft's seeing that. That's not a surprise. I would argue on that point that doesn't undermine Game Pass because you could go buy, uh, say, Starfield. Let's just use Starfield as an example here because uh, it is currently out and one that we could easily see being multi-platform and it was rumored to be so. You could go buy Starfield on your PlayStation for 70 bucks, or you can pay your yearly uh, uh, Game Pass subscription and you can just play it there and not have to pay that extra money for it. Like, it doesn't undermine why Game Pass is still useful. It just well, makes it where it's not the exclusive place to get that. And what Microsoft is finding out I think it, part of the the underlying business model here that is going to struggle is that if like you are only getting people playing Starfield who are subscribing to Game Pass, you're not getting those discrete sales of it uh, there, which you can go get at other places on Steam or whatever. You know, like it's not only uh, Game Pass, but like those people, you're not getting those discrete sales from. Uh, you're not getting that independent. And if you could still get the discrete sales from people buying it on the PlayStation 5 without making a huge dent in your subscriber base on Game Pass, then I think it makes all the sense in the world. Well, the it, question is, at one point, does it start to take a hit on, on your subscriber base? And that seems like a really hard thing to quantify. Well, and, and the question to me is also, do they try and figure out how to put Game Pass on these other systems? Which right. I, I, I That's think, intriguing. I, I think... I think like you're right the the appropriate word is intriguing but so I'm not going to allow that because they have PlayStation Plus which I have to decide still whether I'm going to pay for this year or not I, I guess I guess it will depend greatly on how well Patreon's doing hey if you're not a patron you need to be a patron gamingonsister.com <laughs> Because we need right. the money, um, I, I, that that's still my question. Like my subscriptions up in May, and I'm going. Do I do I pay for this? Like I have a zillion games that I've downloaded, thinking that hey, there's going to be a controller here at some point. We're going to put it together, and I'm going to get to play all these. But eh, do I want to pay eighty bucks a year or whatever it is? Yeah, and I sure. don't know the answer to that. It's a good question. I have to. Sorry, I have to just interject really quickly. So I'm, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII right now, as I alluded to earlier in the show. But I'm I'm pausing while we discuss. I'm kind of jumping back and did forth. I, a did I, hold on, hold on. Did I mention to you folks that he has ADHD? Because that's <laughs> very like, much do. That, that's the only reason that he is able to. I can't do that. I don't have that ability. <laughs> um, he can't. So I'm in the middle of a big boss fight, which I didn't realize was right around the corner, but it's kind of fascinating moment here that you'll get to see with lots of pauses in it. Cause again, we're talking right now while I'm right. doing this. And so I'm not playing consistently. There is a guy watching me right now though on YouTube live that is like, come on, man, what are you doing? Come on. 
<laughs> because I just have the game pod. They're like, sorry, dude, doing a podcast. Well, what, what can I tell you? But just cracking me really up down, down in the corner of the screen. I keep saying, come on, come on. <laughs> like, sorry. So. Uh, one more thing. That's exactly uh, how I feel. I know. I just like might as well say Jamie Jordan. Come on, uh, just in the corner of the screen. Uh, one more thing on Game Pass. Uh, the flip side of what we we're just talking about. Uh, Diablo Four confirmed coming to Game Pass. Uh, will be uh, on Game Pass soon. I was trying to see if there was a date. I don't see a date. It just says soon, uh, whatever that means. Uh, but no surprise there <laughs> now that uh, Blizzard is under the uh, umbrella of Microsoft. But it is a big deal that it's that game, that deal. caliber of game from Blizzard is going to be on Game Pass. And obviously that sets the expectation that we're going to see other Activision Blizzard games on Game Pass like that. Not that we ever thought we wouldn't, <laughs> but it is a big deal when it's actually happens. Like when the Bethesda games actually dropped on Game Pass, we go, oh yeah this is real we're actually getting access to all these games via game pass and now we're seeing that with activision blizzard as well but see what's different here is i i saw that this morning and my very first thought was like okay is diablo 4 now gonna be on game pass servers or is it gonna be on BattleNet? like did you sign in to BattleNet with your game like how does right. that how does that work? These um, are very good questions. Because, <laughs> because right now, if I turn on my PC and fire up the album four, I have to sign into Battle.net, which we need to have a real quick discussion about because it started it started doing this thing that like every four times I boot it up, I have to sign back in again, which is really annoying. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know if you've run into that, but hey, Wizard, you might need to fix that. Yeah. Um, I, and so now I'm wondering, like, how is this going to work? Because Game Pass has its servers, and BattleNet has its servers, and like, what? I don't really understand. That's the place where I wouldn't mind a whole bunch of consolidation in the industry. It's just how many stupid places you have to sign in. Like, yeah. if Microsoft could bring everything under their umbrella, just under, like, a Game Pass sign-in, cool, done, fantastic. I, if I don't ever have to do Battle.net again, I'm I, that's almost worth paying for Game Pass in and of itself, just not having to deal with all these other stupid portals that you have to deal with. <clears throat> it's not going away. If you play EA games on Game Pass, you still have to deal with EA's play yes. login stuff, but is what it is. But anyway, uh, I would not mind that that side of it getting consolidated so uh on the nintendo side just really quickly with nintendo how's nintendo doing pretty good uh they are currently the richest company in japan <laughs> it's just just so nintendo like with quote excessive cash flow uh good for nintendo like it's no surprise there but just like when microsoft and sony are like really trying to figure out like how all this works uh nintendo's just raking in the cash so uh, uh and again we've got rumors about switch 2 we'll have more of that coming soon i'm sure but like nintendo just apparently the princess peach game is very good uh which is like who even knew that it's princess peach game but like they just do it that's what nintendo does and, and good for them Okay, so we don't have time for this discussion, but I'm going to have it anyway. Um, we, every few years, and we're coming up on one now, where people are talking about the 
console generations or the next generation or the, right. you know, who's on top or whatever. Look, here's the thing. We, we have debated on this show from day one who was going to be, who was going to end up being like, if there was one game company, who is it? And here we are 20 years later. The answer is Nintendo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nintendo just sort of does whatever it wants to do and like their their online kind of works and they're, they got they got some other like and and Sony and Microsoft are killing themselves. Like Microsoft not even making any money. Xbox <laughs> is not profitable. And Nintendo's like, yeah, we're 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 good. Yep. Um and, and so I wonder if that changes things a little bit in the industry because like Microsoft could shut down tomorrow and it could be Nintendo and Sony and if it's Nintendo and Sony and we're thinking along the same path Nintendo is probably going to outlast Sony at this point because they're making so much more money than even Sony. I, it's kind of mind-bending that, like, this little company in Japan that's been around since, like, 1940 <laughs> right. it is the probably, I mean, apologies to Activision Blizzard and EA, but I'm sorry. Nintendo's probably the most successful gaming company on the planet. Period. Yeah. And, and and I, I, I mean, I would, I I would almost, even find that a little bit hard to argue. You know, like, you could definitely have an argument, but like, Nintendo's dominance for as long as they've been dominant, you know, like, they really were, they weren't the first home console, but no. they were the ones that mainstreamed the home console. And they still are the mainstream home console, you know, 50 years later. Like, yeah, you, you, you got to, uh, Nintendo's just dominant. And and so I, I just, the, the point that I wanted to make with that is I wonder if you're Sony and Microsoft, if that gets to be, I, I can't think of another word other than annoying because yes, it has to be, Annoying <laughs> as a competitive game company, but annoying is not the right word. I wonder if it makes either one of them look at the situation and go, you know what, we just need to fold it up. Because, like, Microsoft has been doing Xbox for how many, like 20, 24, 20 years, 25 yeah. years, something like yeah. that. It's never made money. Ever and and like I'm sure I, there's I mean I'm, it, it depends on how you define that right like they haven't ever made money selling a console uh, but obviously they're profitable uh, in what they mean to Microsoft but are they real I mean like are they really like if if Xbox dropped off the face of the planet would it in the grand scheme of Microsoft would it really do you think Microsoft would be much? better off without Xbox. I don't know that it matters that much. I, I mean, I mean, for crying out loud, they the Windows. 
what so, one of the things that is a big difference here, as we've talked about many times before, though, is that like Microsoft continues without Xbox, Sony continues without PlayStation, Nintendo is just uh, uh, Nintendo, like it's just gaming, like that's all they do. Uh, and in part, I think they're so successful because of that, because they don't have a backup plan, right? There's nothing else. Like they kind of make movies now, uh, like they're they're kind of diversifying a little bit, but then still, like they 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 make video games and they're movies are video game movies like that's all they do um and that is a different thing than everybody else but to your point uh, previous like what sony and microsoft i think to a lesser extent have done have just said okay nintendo is going to do what nintendo does and we're going to do something else because there's obviously a market for both uh because i own a switch and i own a playstation i have both my switch and my playstation within arm's reach of me right now right like they and you have a pc sitting there Yes, and I have a PC within arm's reach, and so Microsoft gets part of the the uh, Windows based PC that I game on uh, with Game Pass. Uh, like Microsoft's right here too. Like so, all three of them can coexist in in, in a market uh, like this. Of course, they want each other's market share more, but it's not a a zero sum game in that you only can have one winner at the end of the day, and everybody's going to consolidate somewhere. Like they can coexist, they do different things enough, and I think that Sony and Microsoft have just kind of resolve that like what Nintendo does is what Nintendo does. Obviously, Microsoft is saying what we need to do is have more software publishing as part of our uh, portfolio of what we offer. And what Sony has continued to do is say we are the first party uh, publisher of the best, you know, whatever you want to call uh, the Sony experience over the Nintendo experience, right? That, like the... the, 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 the the this, visually impressive AAA well, no, franchises. No, I wouldn't even call that. Like, I wouldn't even call it that. I'm like, I guess you could call it AAA. I wouldn't say visually impressive. I would say they are the most polished franchises. Yeah, but um, you're gonna tell me that uh, Sony franchise is more polished than Mario? I, I mean, between Microsoft <laughs> and Sony, they are they, they right, are of course. the home of the policy. But what but yeah. separates Sony from Nintendo is that visual fidelity, right? Like right. that's what you could get on a PlayStation that you can't get on a Switch is is the drop your jaw graphics that Switch can't do. Now, like, and and at least that's not even fair because like Tears of the Kingdom is drop your jaw graphics, you know. <laughs> but it's yeah. so different. It's just like I don't know the way that you define that in a way to make that distinction. But there is a distinction there that exists. We are are subject to that distinction because we play Final Fantasy VII on on PlayStation and it's gorgeous, you know. That's an experience that I can't get on the Switch. But I still play Tears of the Kingdom. I still play Mario on the Switch. I still play, you know, like they could coexist or whatever. So. All that said, there is just a little bit of Sony news, too, in kind of where they're at, to put it in the context of, of Microsoft and Nintendo, if we've talked about. Um, Sony's sales of the PlayStation 5 are not going to meet their expectation, uh, and, and the sales are declining, again, because there's only so much market share there. But it has sold nearly 55 million units. Which isn't nothing. Uh, that's not bad. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of units that are out there. But the the part of this story that really shocked me is the the subhead part. Spider Man Two has sold over ten million copies. Spider Man Two is exclusive to this console, and it's sold ten million copies, and, which and is that's, basically a twenty percent like uh, adoption rate, which is nuts. That's where I got the word polished because. You take the Spider-Man games, you take 
Horizon. Uh, you you can put the franchise Horizon in there as well. Basically, any of the franchises that they said, okay, we're going to move to PC, are some of the most polished PC titles out there. Like, I haven't gotten around to it, but I don't want to download and install Horizon on my new computer with my big monitor just so I can look at it. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's one of the most well put together games on the PC ever made. And it's a console game. And so that's why I get frustrated with. CDPR and Cyberpunk where you're playing Cyberpunk and I got to install mods just play it on the PC because it's very clearly created for a console and like I got to install mods not a mod, I got to install multiple mods to make it work the way that it should on a PC that's why I get frustrated because Duff purchased Horizon and said, you got to play this. He was totally right. It's one of the best controlling PC games out there with mouse and keyboard, no controller. You don't need a controller. It works great on mouse and keyboard. Can't say that about everything. Yeah, that that's fair. And it actually gets into kind of Sony's growth plan is, is, Diving more into that PC market. We've already seen this, as you've alluded to there, uh, with games like Horizon. Uh, But Sony is continuing to do that. Helldivers 2 is just massively successful. Again, just blowing my mind for the success of that game. There's a show, this uh, story to show notes. We won't get to about that. Uh, But Sony is really intentionally being hyper aggressive about that market, about day one. And they should. And it's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and God bless them for it. And again, it's to that point of what you have with hardware sales isn't going to sustain you unless you're Nintendo because they're in a category all their own. But Microsoft and Sony are both seeing that they have to have other options. Sony is doing much better in the hardware sales category, but they're still not matching what their own expectations were of their console. But if you can sell a bajillion copies of your games on PC as well, that helps offset that blow, you know? <laughs> that's a big deal, and, and that's what we're seeing with Sony now, too, uh, which makes the PC gaming environment all that much better because we're getting more competition, more quality content that's coming to PC as well, and some of it's going to be janky. Some of it's not going to control very well because it wasn't developed for PC first and foremost, but you're going to get really good games in there, too, and and it's great to see well, that happening. Let me, and, let, me, and s- let, me, let me just push back on that a little bit. I... I don't feel like because of the way they started out, I don't feel like at this point Sony can afford to have jankiness because let's take Spider-Man 2, for example. I, I, the only reason that I am messing with Spider-Man 2 right now is because we're playing it for this show and you're playing it on the PlayStation 5, I've gotten to the point with Sony games that, like, if I'm personally going to play a Sony game, I'm going to wait to see if it comes out on the on the console, on, on the PC, because they have been so good. If, if you get that jankiness in there that, that, 
that you know is going to happen at some point. Right. I think that's a problem for Sony because they've not granted. There's probably a couple of games from Sony that we have not played that really suck on the PC. Hey, hey, can I? Sorry to but, interrupt you, but, but I just want to make a point of of clarification here of what we're saying with janky is does it translate to mouse and keyboard? Yes. Right? Like that's that's a different thing too because you can play games on PC with a controller and right. Many, we're talking many, many, many about mouse do. and keyboard. So and what we're really talking about is Sony needs to make sure their games translate to mouse and keyboard. Right, because I have not. I'm sure there's one out there, but I, I, I have not played one yet. And, and I haven't tried Spider-Man. Spider-Man probably doesn't work. On <laughs> no, mouse I'm and real keyboard. questionable about how that works uh, on mouse and keyboard. But 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 like Horizon, uh, uh, um, uh, Red Dead, uh, uh, name another one. I'm trying to think of another one. Um, like Red Dead is not a, a Sony game, but you understand right. what I'm saying? Like right, like, right, right. Like that they are so good control wise that if I am personally going to play it, I'm gonna wait till it comes out on sure. PC. Not because that's the only place that I have to play. It's that that's the premium version of the game. Uh, one example of a game that we need to check out that we haven't on the PC is Death Stranding. I, yeah. there, there's no way in the world that thing controls very well on mouse and keyboard, but I don't know that. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be curious to see, but it would be gorgeous on PC. Yes. For sure. Uh, and that, that next one's going to be gorgeous on PlayStation 5. That's the thing, too, that so many of these games were finally past that point that it feels like everything has to be ported from the PlayStation 4 or compatible with the PlayStation 4. Like, that's done now. So we're finally seeing... Spider-Man 2, which exists just as a PlayStation 5 game. We're going to see Final Fantasy VII Rebirth that exists only as a PlayStation 5 game, that they don't have to be compatible uh, with that previous generation, which is some of what makes those games seem like they're held back on the console is because they were in order to be compatible with the previous generation because this generation change from PS4 to PS5, Xbox One to Xbox Series X was so weird because of when it happened and how it happened and everything else. Uh, we are finally to the point, which is like on the back end of this console cycle, as much as that exists anymore, that games are just developed for these consoles and thus are technologically better matching the hardware that they're being put out on because they're not trying to be backwards compatible. Yeah. So uh, all that said, go back to show notes, gaming on sister.com. We missed some things, including the new Elden Ring expansion, which candidly isn't our thing, uh, but it's a huge deal. And we recognize that it's a huge deal. <laughs> and so you go by there and see the trailer. If you haven't already seen the trailer for, for everything else, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I wish we liked it more, but it's absolutely yes. gorgeous. Um, so, I, I mean, I kind of wish we liked it more. I'm glad we don't because we don't have time. <laughs> so. Well, it, it's, it's, that's one of those games that I believe we would like more if we were sitting in each other's living room. Like, kind of, but we played I, it sitting well, together. Well, well, yeah, and that that was what was that and, to and me you know was what, what we was did entertaining. But what we did after we played that game for like four hours 
is we went and played Death Stranding for a lot more time together because That's that true. was a much more joyful experience playing it together because you and I just aren't in Elden Ring that much and it just is what it is. Like, whatever. Like, it's not our thing. And that's fine. Uh, it's a lot of people's thing and I get it why it's a lot of people's thing. It's just not my thing. So, it is what it is. But, beautiful and, and you know, go play it if it's your thing. And again, it's probably your thing because it's a lot of people's thing. So, yeah. uh, really quickly on the release front, uh, Pacific Drive, the uh, the game about like the post-apocalyptic survival with your like station wagon uh, that we saw at Summer Game Fest, I guess not E3, maybe at E3 a year or two ago, whatever. I don't think it was ever at E3 probably. Anyway, whatever we talked about during E4, we'll blanket it that way. Uh, it's out, has a 78, which isn't bad. Is it great, but is it bad and worth a shot if it's like on Game Pass or something? Uh, Pinament, which I mentioned was one of those four Xbox titles that's now on PlayStation, uh, is and Switch is an 86, so apparently pretty good. Um, not much else this week in releases. Obviously, next week uh, we will have um, uh, Final Fantasy 7 to talk about, and that's going to be a big deal, and so uh, it'll be fun to uh, to get to talk about that. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see kind of, like, I really am part of my fear with Final Fantasy is that this is part two of that game, right? Right. Um, and there is still massive potential that one of these parts could flop, right? Yeah. And so, like, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm sort of afraid. I, I, I was until I started seeing reviews from people that I, I think have a pretty good grasp on the kind of games that I like. And then once they were like, oh, yeah, like literally Gene Park, somebody I follow really like a lot, uh, who writes for Washington Post and been around for a long time, uh, said it like this is a system seller uh, at this point in the generation like if you don't own a playstation 5 like this is a game worth going out and play buying a playstation 5 for which again to me is nuts because it's a follow-up to a game that is a remake of nostalgia from when we were 14 um but who cares like <laughs> I'm, right. I'm all for it if you think it's that good then, then I'm, I'm pumped i just it blows my mind that there's the audience for this game that there apparently is because there's just a bunch of us apparently out there so we need more of us is listening to this show because we exist, obviously, because Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has this massive budget, huge, massive title, going to be a massive thing. So everybody that's playing Final Fantasy Rebirth, come come listen to the show. Other, other us's, <laughs> come, come and listen to the show. Other us's. Like, like, uh, can, can, we get, can we get a tag? That, that's how I know we will have made it, is if... if where we ever have the opportunity to get Keanu Reeves to do a tag for this show where <laughs> he's just talking about other us's. Yes. Like, like that, that sounds like a lot of fun. So that does. I'm oh, hearing music in my headphones, which means it sounds right. This sucker. <laughs> oh uh, goodness. I didn't know <laughs> that's, that's uh you can ignore it, but uh, yes, it is time to wrap. I didn't know that was unmuted. We just got yeah, to the point it, where uh, my file is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay. sorry for uh, people on the video. I can mute that really quick. I'm for, like, uh, holy, are you kidding me? <laughs> he's doing the Oscar thing. He's playing it, right? he's like, playing it out. Am I supposed to rap? Like, I feel like Christopher <laughs> Dunn, man. Like, you're going, get off the stage. <laughs> oh, 
that's funny. I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> It didn't play in my ear, so I didn't hear it. So I had no clue. Yeah, okay. Yep, there you go. So wrap uh, it up, man. I was like, oh, I was like <laughs> okay, yeah, there must be a problem with the kids. What do I do here? Um, wow. Okay. Um, so I don't know where to go with that. Um, <laughs> wrap it up, man. <laughs> so, as we said, we have quite a massive community Facebook. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Patreon. There's a lot of people I'm noticing uh, that that listen to the show that don't follow us on Twitter. Like yeah. I'm, I'm forever getting a DM from somebody that's like, "Hey man, been listening to y'all for 15 years," <laughs> right? and I'm like. I'm like, why do we have 15 <laughs> Twitter followers? Like, <laughs> like nobody follows us on Twitter. So, so yes, I know y'all, I know y'all Twitter people are out there, uh, and you're paying attention because I've gotten messages from you. So yeah, go uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, the Facebook page is where the community is, and uh, Sam has gone an entire month without saying anything insane. And yeah, so I actually, I actually started to uh, wonder if, if he was okay. Like I had to go check his actual Facebook feed to make sure that Sam was still alive because, <laughs> because he's normally the dude on the Facebook page. It's like, Yo, you idiots need to play this. Right. That, that, that's pretty much his job on, on the Facebook page. And he's been pretty quiet. Uh, so I, I started to wonder, what's up, buddy? Glad you're, glad you're still alive. Um, cause I was worried. Um, but, but yeah, lots of good stuff going on over there. We are in fact playing a lot of games. I should put <laughs> some, uh, cyberpunk up on the internet but like why right like, I, I don't i don't think watching a cripple play any game is really that interesting so if if you feel like that you have to have that send us an email gaming on sister at gmail.com you can also call the voicemail line at 509 game 210 Yes, it is still our voicemail line. We Screw still you, have it. Google. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep calling for as long as it takes to keep that voicemail yes. line. Um, other than that, is there anything else, sir? I think we're good. All right, I'm Jamie. That's Tommy. We are Gaming Uncensored, and we are out. Would you like to submit a segment for the show? Send it to gaminguncensored at gmail.com. And don't worry, we'll play just about anything. Gaming Uncensored. <laughs>